Church, what I want you to do this morning is take your finger and hold it out in front of you like this. And what I want you to do is just look at your finger, and then when you can no longer see your finger, go ahead and just move it to the side. Keep your head straight. When you hit your blind spot, just stop and identify where your blind spot is. You guys see it? Mine's like right about there. Okay? If you're young, you're learning to drive, blind spots are going to be really important through this driver training situation. Hey, church, when's the last time you thought about blind spots? Absolutely, right? If you have a teenage driver, those, those things that we maybe don't think about as often become super important. The human eye was designed to have blind spots. It's interesting. And so what I also want to say is I think with that, we need to bring back to our, uh, our focus today that we don't see the full picture. When's the last time you thought about blind spots and the fact that you know, when you're training to drive, part of my, uh, my, my teaching, our class, is that we actually put our, our learners through a little bit of driver's training uh, in the classroom, which is cool. But we don't, like, ask kids to have, like, corrective surgery. What we do, because we know blind spots exist, is what we do is ask our learners, people learning to drive, we ask them to adjust their behavior because they have blind spots. We ask them to adjust their behavior because we know that they have blind spots. So, church, really quick, how dangerous is it to drive without the awareness that you have a blind spot? Right? Totally dangerous. And so what do we do? We learn to do, like, uh, we learn to, to focus on our mirrors and look over our shoulder, and we, our behavior adjusts. But if we're not aware that we have a blind spot, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Do you think that we can have blind spots in life as well? When's the last time you thought about the things that you don't see? When's the last time you thought about the things that you think about? One of the truths that guide our lives that I'm going to talk about a little bit this morning is that our physical posture affects our attitude. Have you ever noticed that? Our physical posture affects our attitude. Now, it's important as a communicator, as somebody who has key relationships, that you posture your body in a way that helps you communicate what you're trying to communicate. We do this all the time, and maybe sometimes we don't think much about it. When we're talking with kids and we know it's like an important moment, parents, what do we do? We squat down and we get on their level. That posture helps us communicate in that moment. Or if there's a friend who's having a really hard time, we, we sit with them, whether it's shoulder to shoulder or across with eye contact. And that posture is really important. Or if you're celebrating with like a family member, they're having a great day and we're celebrating something good, right? We raise our hands because it's a good thing and our posture helps us with that. Guys traditionally get down on one knee to propose. And in that moment, that posture is appropriate and it communicates Posture is a part of our communication. It, it affects our attitudes. Let me set those two things aside and uh, talk to you really quick about our series. We'll come back to it. This is week like six or seven of our uh, wisdom series. And we're going to do this series all the way up until we start Christmas. It's coming soon, voice. Can you believe it? It's coming soon. And what I have felt in this wisdom series, you know, we've been looking at a life well lived. Jesus' example, specifically what Proverbs says about how to live life the way that God intended. And for me, it's kind of felt like boot camp. Anybody else? Like they're hitting us. You guys are hitting us from like every angle. 
And I just feel like God is very intentionally trying to move me forward into a life well lived. Well, today is going to definitely be more of that. Today we're talking about pride and humility. Pride and humility. And what I want to bring to your attention as we start today is just as often in Proverbs, pride and humility are talked about as opposites. Meaning that you can only act either pridefully or with humility. There's no like in between. You, you, you could choose one. And so if we talk about posture, it's interesting to ask the question, maybe just, I'm not going to ask you to answer out loud, but just reflect. How are you posturing, like your life, your behaviors, your, your attitudes, how are you posturing your life in regards to your relationship with God? See, here's one example of like this pride versus humility in Proverbs. We'll put it on the screen. 11 verse 2, it just simply says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility, or with, with, when humility comes, wisdom, pride, and humility. Humility is portrayed as this opposite. So let's take a minute. I want us to have, be really clear about what I think Scripture is saying about humility and pride. Let's start with a few definitions. And I really, if you're a note taker, this, this is probably something you should write down. So humility is just having a modest view of one's own importance. Modest view. Now, church, I do not want you to hear me say that humility is having low self-esteem. That is not what humility is about. It's about having a realistic, loving, modest view of your own importance. This is the way that God led me to think about it and to, to, to say it today. Is It's not saying that you're not important. You are. It's saying that you're not the only one who's important. See, God has more children than just you. Humility has to do with aligning our view of the, of, of the world to align with God's view, to see people, to see the world the way that he does. And one, one thing that is clear in Scripture is that God does not think that we are the center of the universe. He thinks he is. And that's why we have all these verses. I'll put a few of them on the screen that urge people to, to, to humble themselves before God. I love the, the verse we just sang, a million angels fall down on the ground. Micah 6, 8, he has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, and we're jumping around a little bit, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Humble yourself because he cares for you. And then Jesus himself says in Luke 14, for everyone who exalts himself or herself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. All throughout Scripture, humility is this posture. This is the posture of a disciple. Humility is the posture of somebody who follows Jesus. Humility helps us to stay close to God. Humility is, is, helps us to like see people and the world the way that God does. And over and over and over, Proverbs instructs the readers, choose. Choose humility. Like, please choose humility. And that leads to the idea that humility is a choice. In fact, I would say that more so than anything else, 
Humility is not necessarily something that you just are born with. Would you agree, voice? That it's this muscle that you have to intentionally use. And just like any muscle, the more we use it, the stronger it gets and on and on. So on one hand, we are called, we are led. A wise life is, is to live with humility. Well, then what's the, what's the other side? Pride. Pride is defined, and you may have seen this coming, as a high or inordinate opinion of one, one's own importance. Put in my words, pride makes us believe that we matter the most. Pride puts us at the center of the universe. It convinces us that we actually deserve, that we're entitled to whatever. That we come first, that we've earned it. Puts us at the center of the universe. A couple verses come up. Psalm 10.4, and this one hit hard this week for me. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. Listen to this. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. See, I think our culture celebrates busyness. Our culture celebrates when we just move from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and maybe not our body, but at least it's happening up here with my screen and my phone, and there's always something going on. We don't call that pride. We call that doing work. Self-made, self-sufficient, the hustle. But we know it's either pride or humility. You are either following God or you are God to yourself. Proverbs 16.5 says, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. And the interesting thing about pride, if you kind of study it as a sin, is it's one of the only sins that wants to convince you that it's something else. Oh, it's not pride. It's actually, it's not me. It's the other person. It's the circumstance. It's the system. It's, I mean, it's not how I responded. It's how they said it. Pride wants to hide make excuses, or just outright wants to convince you that it's not there at all. See, I believe that spiritually, just like our physical vision, spiritually we can have blind spots. And today, my hope is that, let me say this, I believe that pride loves to hide in our blind spots. I believe that it's the thing that wants to stay just out of vision and hide there, affecting everything we do, our whole posture for life. And so if it's dangerous to drive without the acknowledgement of a blind spot, how dangerous is it to live with pride hiding in a blind spot? It's crazy dangerous, right? It says that God detests, God opposes all the proud of heart. Now today, it's not all going to be heavy and harsh Um, Today, we're going to talk about pride. We're going to talk about uh, this classic verse that pride goes before destruction or pride comes before a fall. So let me show you a quick video, about 45 seconds, and hopefully you laugh as much as me.
gone. Just, just gone. I love how that she just hangs in there until the last second. What do all those people have in common? They had something in front of their face that stole their attention, and they forgot to focus on the fact that they were walking, right? The fact that they were moving in movement. And this, I think, is a funny way to to understand that that's, I think, how pride works sometimes, is it blinds us so that when we're in movement and God calls us and he wants us to be moving, that pride often comes before a fall because we're just focusing on the wrong thing. You know, we're called to be leaders, and if we're not leading people, if we're not moving in the right direction, if we have a focus in our wrong spot, man, has anybody ever done that? Don't raise your hand, but I, I have, and it's super embarrassing. It's super embarrassing. Uh, at, at school, I'll be looking at my phone, and then I'll just wake up, and I'll be like, where am I? Okay, here, let's go this way. And sometimes I feel like we need to wake up. Like, this is our moment as a church. If this is a thing that we need to hear this morning, it's time to wake up. Let me show you a quick uh, Venn diagram. I'm a teacher through and through. So this is, uh, these are the three circles of awareness. This is the idea this morning, that there is a circle of awareness, the things that we are aware of. Now, if pride is the thing, our topic for today, there are, we know that there are pitfalls, right? We know if we're walking and there's a hole in the sidewalk, that we, there's areas that we could walk around, okay? And then uh, on the other side, there are uh, blind spots. And the language here, I love this, is these are the unknown unknowns. The things that we don't even know that we don't know. And then right in the middle is this known unknowns. And if you're a leader, if you're a parent, if you're a husband or a wife or a friend, it's okay to have things in your life that you know are blind spots. It's okay to be aware of your blind spots. In fact, they license drivers all the time who are aware of their blind spots. Why? Because they make adjustments. The danger is all the way over on this side, the unknown unknowns. It's the things that can literally hide in our blind spots that we are unaware of. And this series on Proverbs is asking us to, this, at least this week, to posture ourselves to be more humble. When's the last time you prayed for humility? When's the last time you prayed to be more and more like Jesus in this way? Now, uh, I wanted to pull a quick scripture from Matthew 20. I know we're trying to stay in Proverbs. It's really hard to talk about humility without having our prime example discussed. And of course, that's Jesus. Matthew 20. There's this story where Matthew and his, his 12 disciples are hanging out. And uh, two disciples send their mom to Jesus. You may know this one. To ask if they can have first dibs on Jesus's kingdom when he comes. Now, what's funny about that, and I, you know, we can make a big deal about them sending their mom, but that's actually, we believe, we believe that's Jesus's biological aunt, the sister to Mary. And so maybe it's not about them being scared. Maybe it's strategic. They're like, oh, let's send, let's send a- auntie to go ask. And so she walks over and she asks, can they have kind of first this, this sit on your right, sit on your left when your kingdom comes? They're asking a leadership question. They're asking for a position. And Jesus, if you read it, go back and read it, Matthew 20, he actually allows them to have all the responsibility and none of the prestige. He says, absolutely, but it's going to require suffering. 
And I love his response. I don't even designate titles. My, my father in heaven does that. So if you want to do all the work and have none of the fun, come on, let's go. And then he teaches them this lesson. And this is what I'll focus on, verse 25 through 28. Jesus called them together, meaning the disciples, and he said, you know that the rulers and the, of the Gentiles lord it over them, or their high officials exercise authority over them. And then I love this phrase, not so with you. And maybe today you need to take this and say, not so with me. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. You see this switch from a position of pride to humility? And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, and in those days, last. Just as the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I think if I had to boil this whole thing down about pride and humility, I think this is it. This is the difference. This is the posture that needs to change in my life. When I walk into a situation, into a relationship, into a moment, am I expecting to be served? Or am I expecting to serve? See, maybe, church, this is the posture change that God's asking for today. See, when we walk into a situation and we flip this, this, this assumption that we're there to be served, that we start asking, how can I serve? Or we start taking the back seat and letting other people. This is one of the ways we acknowledge that Jesus is our king and our Lord. This is what makes Christians different. Don't you think this should be the thing that we're known for? Love, humility, see a change in posture. Now, humility is a muscle. Like I said before, the more we use it, the stronger it's going to get. So how do we do this? I have three thoughts. How do we do this? So how do we choose humility over pride? The first thing that came to my mind, and it's going to be on your screen, is just to let Scripture read us. Have you ever heard this idea that Scripture shows us Two things, at least. Number one, it shows us a great example in Jesus. But also, Scripture can work like a mirror. And it can show us things about ourselves that we maybe don't want to focus on. See, what's so interesting is that when we let Scripture read us and point out things that we can do different, when we let the voice of truth and love speak into our lives, he's going to identify some things to work on. Like, hey, you could... You could do that a little bit better. Your posture there is a little off. When we switch from reading Scripture just to get more knowledge to letting Scripture read us so that our lives change, humility is an outcome of that. Version, uh, the Bible app, it's free. It has all, I looked it up, has so many short, bite-sized Bible studies on humility. You could start one today. Take the next five days and focus on humility. There's, it's totally free. It's great. But here's the thing. You can read Scripture all day long and never change unless you choose to. So let the Holy Spirit change the way you think. Let Jesus' example help to fill in some of those blind spots, make you more aware of them. The first thing is to let Scripture read us or to read me. Number two is to lean into community. Lean into community. 
You know, what's interesting about blind spots is we weren't built to see the whole picture. We were not built to see the whole picture by ourselves. If you're not prioritizing community, is that a prideful posture? Someone needs your perspective, and you need theirs. See, the military, sports teams, all of the, the, the organizations that want to be super successful, it like depends on it. They have answered, they've answered this blind spot question. What's their answer? Teams. They know that a team back-to-back or a team positioned right can see all of the picture. And I wonder how often we are stuck, we are limiting ourselves to only our perspective when it would be so beneficial to just let somebody else in. The more we lean into community, the more we get to be co-creators alongside God. He created us to create community. The Holy Spirit does that, and we maintain it. But we need to lean into community to see the whole picture. And then number three is very simple, but I think it's also maybe the most important, is that we need to simply pray for humility. The choice to prayerfully seek it. If we want to be more like Jesus, the fruit of that is humility. And I can think of no other posture that our culture, that feels worse in our culture than maybe is the posture of a disciple, which I would say is this. And there's something about this that our culture, and I can even feel it right now. Man, this is like a surrender. It's uncomfortable. It's weird. You know, when we're down on our knees physically, it reminds us who we're talking to. When we're down on our knees, it makes sure our attitude, like, because, yeah, you, I mean, you, 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 that's it. You're, you're surrendered. You're down on your knees. You got nothing. You are totally at the mercy of whoever you're talking to. But that's our story, right, Christians? Without him, we have nothing. And so what I've decided to do in my effort to pray for humility more is I, I actually need to pray on my knees more. I don't do that that much. And it needs to be uncomfortable. I need to reteach my posture in life. I need to let my physical posture affect my spiritual posture more. I'm going to invite the band to come up as we uh, just close with, uh, I'm going to ask the congregation to speak up a little bit. So come on up, worship team. Thank you for leading us today. But the question is this. What is the behavior of somebody who's humble? How would you describe a humble person? You could just shout out like a word or phrase. What's some of the fruit of the attitude of humility? Compassion. What else? Ready to help. Open-minded. Servant leader. Patient. Generous. What else? Listens. Willing. If you uh, go to this next slide, if you text to this number, 714 559 3293, what it's going to do is it's going to text you back, text pride to that number. It's going to text you back this little chart uh, that me and my wife made this week. 
And it's in no way meant to be like this exhaustive list. But if today you're like, I just don't really know where to start. We made this little graph, this little chart to help you kind of see how people would respond if they're in a prideful posture or if they're in a a posture of humility. Let me read through this. And then Pastor Joe is actually going to lead us uh, in communion, which I think is a great response. But on the prideful, we'll just go back and forth, starting at the top. It says, pride sees all the faults of others, but humility is grateful for relationships. Pride is content with what it already knows and understands. Humility has never found someone it couldn't learn something from. Humility assumes there's always more to learn. Pride assumes that I don't need to ask for help. I got this. Pride doesn't ask for help. Where humility assumes I need others and finds ways to ask for and offer help as needed. Two more. Pride keeps a detailed record of ways they've been wronged so that they can settle the score. And humility keeps no record of wrongs, understands everyone makes mistakes. We set healthy boundaries, of course, but humility forgives easily. And last one, pride responds to others harshly, especially when it disagrees. Where humility answers gently, Proverbs 15:1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So today, church, I ask you to respond to the Savior that said, the Lord, he was there at creation. It was created, all created through him. He came to serve, to not be served, but to serve. And today, church, as we explore pride and humility, today, identify one area that you can take a small step forward in. Why? because that's where God wants to meet you today. He's not going to ask you to get on your knees and then just leave you there. You know where he's going to meet you? Down on your knees. He's going to be there waiting for you. If you have felt some distance from God lately and you just can't figure it out, maybe it's your posture. As we explore communion and as we sing, use this time to really interact with with the Holy Spirit as he as he wants to guide us let me say a quick prayer and then Pastor Joe will lead us Lord as I prayed before would you just speak truth to us but do it in a loving way do it in a safe way do it in a way where we can put our trust in you God speak love to us it was you who first loved us and now we respond to that God, would you break down the walls that would prevent intimacy with you and intimacy with others? You have so much for us, God, if we could just be aware of these blind spots. Holy Spirit, from the minute service began to now, I just have felt your presence. And I pray today that we would remove any pride, any obstacles, and just commune with you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.